Hey, what's up, friends from El Trigo Online? I am Joe Rodriguez, and welcome to ETO Podcast, episode number four. Today, I have the privilege of being joined once again by Luis Perez from El Paso, Texas. Luis, how are you, man? All right, Joe. How about yourself? Not too bad, man. Also joining me for the first time, we're going to pop his cherry. It's going to be Leo Hernandez making his debut in this El Trigo Online podcast for the very first time. Leo from Santa Ana, California. How are you, man? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. Great, dude. So we're going to be talking today about the Mexican national team and uh, the roster that Tata Martino released just uh, last uh, last night or maybe midday, mid-afternoon. But in any case, uh, Leo, we knew that a lot of these players, uh, some um, about, we, knew, we knew a lot about some of these players, I should say. Some of them obviously uh, had already suggested that they were not going to be coming uh, to the Gold Cup. Chicharito, obviously, biggest, the big, being the biggest name. Uh, that being said, uh, from the players that were left out of this roster, who surprised you the most? Um, this is an easy one. Most likely, obviously, it's uh, Carlos Vela. Um, he's been having a great season with LAFC, and just to see him say no to, to play for Mexico in the Gold Cup, it's, I mean, it's kind of hurtful, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of people already saw it coming. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, earlier today, Carlos Vela um, did talk about um, his conversation here with Tata Martino. He said the two of them sat together, had some coffee. They spoke a, a lot about, like, you know, the personal things. And, you know, actually, I didn't mind uh, Vela's justification. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, he was just saying that he wants to give younger players opportunities. You know, he had his time with El Tri. And, uh, you know, he had a pretty uh, open uh, conversation with Tata telling him that, you know, he had his time with, uh, with Mexico. And it's not like, you know, he did wonders with them. But now it's, uh, you know, the opportunity for, um, for other players to shine, which obviously those of us who are fans of Carlos Vela and have been following him throughout the season have seen that he's been having an incredible season. Um, Luis, what, what do you make of Vela's decision? I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to him to decide, right? I mean, uh, I I saw the interview. Uh, at first, I was a little bit shocked when I saw that he wasn't on the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, his reasoning behind it is is, is justifiable, like you said. Um, he he thinks like uh, like I think that there's a lot of young talent out there that maybe won't be called because of uh, uh, the big names. Uh, Chicharito is usually uh, on that list now. Vela uh, Herrera. Now that these players are are stepping aside. Uh, some for personal reasons, some for the reasons like Vela gave. Um, I think it just gives a, a, another opportunity to the for the next generation um, to to come in. And like Vela said, uh, if you're going to take this as a uh, a preparation for a World Cup or a four year project for the next World Cup, he's going to be what do you say, 34 before the 34, next yeah. before the next World Cup. So that gives yep. uh, these younger players plenty of time. To, to get to know El Tata, get to know how he wants to play and, and become uh, uh, producers in that, in that uh, system. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and, and also, you know, when you hear Vela's explanation, uh, yeah, like I, I think we all want him to be there, but uh, Vela doesn't have to prove anything anymore. You know, he's already a proven player. We know that he can play. He's played at the top level. So, uh, you know, I guess – you know, he's not asking me for my forgiveness, but I forgive him. <laughs> I think that, you know, he's in his right to, to do that. 
And, you know, like, there's other players out there. Like, if we look at the roster, like, Andres Guardado's 32. Uh, you have Hector Moreno, 31. Uh, the keepers are all pretty ancient. I mean, Ochoa's 33, Orozco, 33. Um, the youngest one being Gudino from Chivas. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty balanced team. Uh, but, you know, what do you make, uh, Leo, going back to you, what do you make of Tata calling guys like Fernando Navarro, uh, who is capping for the very first time for Mexico at the age of 30. Uh, well, I mean, uh, for me, that was one of the big surprises. But, I mean, he's having a good season with Leon, and Leon's doing is doing great, too, as well in the, in the league and in Liguilla. But um, I think he's probably just giving him a chance, an opportunity to see if he can last until the next World Cup or if he can give some of the young guys some experience, advice for what's to come. Yeah, well, I mean, it was definitely one of uh, one of the big surprises for me personally. Uh, Luis, for you, who surprised you the most as far as players on the list? Actually, I think the biggest uh, surprise for me was uh, Marco Fabian. Um, he oh. has not had a great season uh, in the MLS with uh, Philadelphia. He's had a lot of uh, issues trying to adjust to the game. Uh, missed a few games due to red cards. So from from the list he gave, I think he might be the the oddball out. Uh, he hasn't has a, had as as much participation in matches as as most people on the list have. So I think uh, his inclusion was a bit of a surprise to me. Well, uh, that's an interesting point. Uh, I remember uh, covering uh, the game uh, between the Galaxy and uh, Philadelphia, and unfortunately for Marco Fabian, he suffered an injury, an ankle injury that day, and he had to be practically, uh, you know, helped out of the field. He walked to the locker room uh, at the end of the half and, like, you know, he just wasn't looking really good. And I don't think – I believe he hasn't even played since then. And this we're talking already over a month. So, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a surprise. But speaking of the Galaxy, one of the surprises for me was actually uh, the inclusion of Antuna. You know, Oriel Antuna, uh, who actually um, – uh, he had a couple of games where he scored back-to-back and – I think overall he's done a pretty decent job with the Galaxy. Uh, but I was surprised that um, Tata Martino included, uh, you know, a player like Antuna in, uh, in the roster. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that the fact that, you know, maybe uh, Martino's connection to MLS had something to do with it. He was at Galaxy training um, a few weeks ago. Uh, so he got a chance to watch him and obviously Jonathan Dos Santos. But uh, Luis, uh, uh, what did you make of Antuna's inclusion in, in the national team? Well, I think it, uh, it kind of plays to what uh, Vela said in his interview. Uh, there's young players that, that might need to get an opportunity that they wouldn't otherwise get. I think like you, you hit it right, the nail right on the head when you said uh, Tata came from the MLS. He knows the level of the MLS. He knows that there's some good players. A lot of double nationality players like uh, Antuna could be. Uh, I think he's maybe launching a, a preemptive strike because if uh, – Let's say Vela or Atecatito were called and he wasn't called and the U.S. came knocking, even though he pledged his allegiance to the Mexican national team. Uh, if, you, if you don't get called up, uh, you, you might be able to change that pretty quick. You're absolutely right. That You're absolutely right. The dual nationality has always been an issue. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, those of us who live here on this side of the border know uh, and obviously are of Mexican-American descent or Mexican, we know that that there's players out there. Obviously, Efrain Alvarez is one of them. Right now, he's playing for the uh, under-17 national team from Mexico, which, by the way, they're going to be playing at the final against the U.S. So that could have easily been Efrain Alvarez on the U.S. national team 
uh, with a U17. So, you know, that's something that's, um, that's definitely, uh, you know, something to continue to monitor. Uh, but going back to some of the more veteran guys and guys that had a really good season. Uh, so Leo is our uh, Mexican Heros, uh, uh key contributor, and he's been covering most of the Mexican Heros throughout the, the regular season. Leo, so which one of these Mexican Heros are you most excited to see with the Mexican national team? Uh, obviously, Raul Jimenez. He's been doing great in the Premier League. I mean, he already won the uh, best player of his team, and he broke the record of um, uh, most goals in a single season with the Wolves. So I think he's he he has the the confidence, the motivation to put his name in the books. Since you know Chicharito Rivera aren't here, he's pretty much the face of the attack for Mexico. Yeah, he is definitely going to be the player to watch. What about uh, Irving Lozano? Uh, there's a lot of speculation of his where, where, where his next destination is going to be. Uh, what do you think we should expect to see from uh, Chucky Lozano? Oh, I mean, obviously he's going to give give it all. all. Every time he goes, uh, he plays for Mexico. He's he always does. He always performs at a at a good level. And even though he had those injuries um, with his team, and you know his team wasn't able to win any titles this year, um, I think he wants some revenge, and hopefully the Gold Cup will be something that you can look forward to this year. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, this uh, real first test for Tata Martino begins. I mean, uh, they had those friendlies against Chile and Paraguay. Obviously, uh, two uh, huge victories for them. I mean, the fans, at least for the fans, you know, they were excited about that. Uh, prior to the Gold Cup, they're going to have matches against Venezuela and Ecuador uh, in big stadiums, big-time stadiums in Atlanta and Arlington, and obviously then they're going to get the, the Gold Cup started. So um, let's uh, really quick, uh, before we wrap this thing up, uh, the games against Ecuador and Venezuela, uh, Luis, I'll, go, I'll start with you first. Do you think Mexico could have gotten or should have gotten stronger opponents for those last two friendlies before starting the unofficial tournament? Actually, usually some of the, uh, the opponents that they do pick, uh, or they are kind of cherry-picked to, to not challenge the team, I think, in this case, with the team that uh, Tata is going to take to the Gold Cup, they might have been a very, very good choices. Uh, Venezuela is an up-and-coming team that has very speedy uh, offensive players, which is basically what uh, Mexico is going to face because uh, these uh, Central American teams who don't have a lot of technique, they do have a lot of speed. And Ecuador is one of those teams that locks themselves back and tries to uh, attack you uh, with the counterattack. So I think that might be why those two opponents were chosen because they're going to see a lot of that uh, in the group stage, especially maybe once they get into the, the second round or, or third round, they'll start actually getting the, the, the teams that, that, that are a little more organized, a little more technically savvy. Uh, but as far as for the group stage, I think these two teams are going to prepare them very well. And Leo, speaking of the group stage, uh, they'll be facing Cuba, Canada, and Martinique. Out of those three teams, do you see any of those three teams uh, challenging Mexico? Um, I think Canada will be probably the the, the most challenging. Um, I mean, Cuba, I mean, it always has the same history with the Gold Cup and Martinique. Um, I mean, it's kind of something new. But for me, Canada will be the biggest challenge for Mexico. And hopefully they Canada brings some competitiveness to the, to the game. Um, I, I mean, from the past games I've seen Mexico play, I thought they played um, amazing. And that's something I'm hoping they, keep, they can keep it up with Tata. Uh, so hopefully, um, not only do they challenge them and you know give them a good game, but they're able they're able to improve themselves as they go on to the next round. 
Yep, it's um, it's definitely going to be uh, 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 an interesting tournament. It's it's actually, in my opinion, uh, a group uh, that Mexico should easily win and obviously continue on to the next round. The talent uh, that Mexico has just uh, generally throughout the the Gulf, the the region is superior the most. Obviously, the U.S. is always there challenging them. Uh, guys, any final thoughts? Um, you know, before we wrap up this segment, uh, Luis, let's start with you. No, actually, just like uh, you said, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who Tata decides to uh, cut uh, when he comes down to to the vinyl 23-man roster. And uh, I think a thing to keep up with will be uh, Lozano's injury, see if he's good to go, as well as uh, Dos Santos. If I'm not mistaken, he's missed the last few games uh, with the Galaxy. He also He's also going to come in a little dinged up. So uh, probably keep an eye on those two players, see if they make the final cut or if injuries keep him out as well. Awesome. And Leo, what do you got as your final words? Um, I just hope uh, Uriel Antuna stays in the roster. I'd really like to see him play. I mean, he does uh, have some, um, you know, competitive um, um, people on his, you know, and, and the forward. But um, hopefully Tata gives an opportunity to just prove himself. Um, he's been doing great in Galaxy. And, um, you know, hopefully if he does well, he'll continue to get called up and get more opportunity to play. Right. Guys, well, it's been a pleasure having both of you guys on. Uh, hey, Luis, if they want to follow you on uh, social medias and uh, any other good stuff, where can they follow you? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, my social media on all three uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's going to be Luis7ETO. That's L-U-I-Z-7 and E-T-O on all three platforms. Right. And what about you, Leo? Where can they find you? Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, so people can find me at uh, LeoH19. Uh, I do have my own website as well, LeoTheDragon.com. There you go. Nice plug-in, bud. And you can find me at Worldwide Mexican on Instagram or Joe DeBortas on Twitter. Guys, it's been, again, a pleasure. Thank you very much for tuning in. So this is episode number four for El Tria Line podcast, uh, as we mentioned in the past. We want to make sure that uh, all of you guys continue to tune in. Tell all your friends, sisters, brothers, cousins, abuelitos, abuelitas, everybody out there. So we really appreciate your time. And, uh, guys, on behalf of Luis and Leo, uh, I'm Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for tuning in.